In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be, I'm Free, with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Well, hello, people. This is Diane Jones. This is your host. We're back again on a Monday night. And you know what? I am so, so thankful. I am so thankful that I am free. I am free, and I'm not the same woman I used to be. I am not that woman who was a victim, who was victimized who, because of that victimization, struggled, struggled with my own identity, struggled with my own self-confidence, struggled with um, relationships, you know, struggled to overcome the devastation that happens when you have been sexually abused. That is what we are talking about In this show, we are talking about sexual abuse. We are talking about how to overcome sexual abuse. And I can tell you from experience, there is hope. There is relief. There is restoration. There is an answer after something so devastating. If you are listening to me right now, there is a reason that you have signed in, joined in, that you have tuned in to this radio station. And I sincerely hope and I pray that there are new listeners, that some of you maybe have heard the headlines, seen the headlines this past week. And if you are like me, then you have been greatly troubled and greatly disturbed by the headlines, by the things that we are hearing in the news. And my goodness, the news has said it enough that that I'm not going to spend time talking about the accusations and the the things that were so-called or actually supposedly proven in some of the cases. 
But I'm going to say that I, I think that the headlines are confirmation that this show and this ministry is needed and that we have come on the air according to God's timing, that, that this is a good time for this show. If you are one of those people who have been abused, who have been misused, my heart goes out to you tonight. My heart goes out to you, and, and I want to let you know that these, these things, these, these horrible acts have nothing to do with God. God has nothing to do with these, with these things, with these, this violation. I want to let you know, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God has nothing to do with this evil. Although you hear stories of people that are associated with, quote, an organized church or an organization called the church, I just, I just emphatically want to let you know that they don't represent the Father. They don't represent God. What they represent is their human frailties. Last week, we were talking about sexual abuse, and, and I, and I want to I reiterate uh, some, of the, some of the bold statements that I made last week um, because we're talking about how to overcome sexual abuse. And I, and I know that as you are listening to me right now, someone has been sexually abused, someone is being sexually abused as we are on the air right now. The headlines are indicative of how prevalent this truly is. It is more prevalent than we realize. So many things have been swept under the carpet. So many stories, so many incidences have been swept under the carpet. It is happening, people, in the military. It is happening in the quote-unquote church. And the reason I keep saying that is because the true church are the born-again believers, those that have been have repented of their sins, those that have surrendered their life to Jesus Christ, those that have allowed him to transform and renew their minds, have allowed him to give them a clean and a new heart. That is the church that I am speaking of as being the true church. So just because someone associates themselves with a church, just because they have religion, just because they have a form of godliness does not mean that they represent God the Father. So I want to, I, I just had, I had to stress that and, 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 I, and, and stress again the fact that as we are listening there are hundreds of thousands, there are even millions of people that are being abused. And, and we want to come against that spirit 
I want to come against that spirit of violation right now tonight on the air. I'm going to go to the throne. I'm going to talk to our Father on your behalf, on my behalf, on those that maybe don't even know that this is, this is something they're about to face. Father, I ask you right now, I come boldly to your throne. You tell me in your word that I can come boldly to your throne and I can seek you and I can ask for grace. I can ask for mercy. I can ask for your help in the time of trouble and in the time of, of need. And Father, I believe that this is a time of trouble and it is a time of need. Not that it's any greater than any other time. Not that these events are more significant than, than what has already happened to someone else. But because we're in this moment and, and, and I'm in this moment. So I just ask you, Father, for those that are listening, for those that aren't listening, that you will extend your mercy that you will extend your love, that you will extend your kindness, that through people, through the people of God, that, that some of these victims will find relief. They will find you. They will know somehow deep within that you had nothing to do with this. Oh God, touch right now. Have mercy right now. We need you. We need you right now to intervene, God. My heart is, 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 a, is a little bit heavy because of this week's uh, headlines and because I know how real this is to, to millions of people. And, 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 and with that said, I still have to say that sexual abuse is a part of the human race. It is a natural human act. What we're hearing about, it's nothing new. It's nothing new, and it's not going to go away. It's not going to stop until the human race, until people acknowledge God for who he is, not only acknowledging him for who he is, because the scriptures tell us that the devil in hell, the demons in hell, acknowledge God for who he is. They know that he's God. But after acknowledging God, submitting our lives, our ways, our thoughts to him, so as long as we have people in the human race that are not willing to do that, as long as there are violations against God's laws, these things are going to exist in the earth. But what I want you to know is that if it happens to you, if it has happened to you, there is hope. The effects of the abuse can be conquered, can be abolished in your life. You do not have to be a victim forever. You may be victimized, but you do not have to be a victim forever. So I think what I'm going to do is read some emails tonight. I got, some, I got a response from uh, uh, some of our listeners. 
that listen in in the last two, two weeks. And I think I'm going to read some emails and I think I'm going to read some of my own personal story. And I want to remind my listeners that I am speaking from personal experience. And so when we come back from our break, I will be speaking from personal experience. And uh, I want to thank, before we go to break, our first sponsor, that is Equipping the Saints Ministries. That is our ministry. That is my husband and I ministry, Equipping the Saints Ministries. You can email us at vir2us1 at verizon.net. You can write us, P.O. Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland, 20735. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Toginet. Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking. And then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life, and she'll share that in every show. Critical Thinking in the Real World with Janet Hens, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. So where were you in the 1970s? Well, this Saturday morning, we're going to flash back to the 70s as we count down the classic hits with the American Rock and Roll Countdown. You'll hear news and information and stories about the artist and what was going on during the specific week that we highlight. So be sure to join us at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Saturday on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Thank God. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. People, I am, I am so fired up this week, um, like I said, because of what we're hearing in the headlines, you know, and I think about some of the, the, the people that I saw on the news, a, a young woman, or actually she's not that young anymore, and, and hearing about young men, and you know, there are so, there are so many misconceptions about how this, this takes place, how, you know, people 
think that it, it can only happen to someone else or they think that you have to come from a broken home or you have to come from a home where there's no father in the home or, you know, there's just all different kinds of misconceptions. And I don't know all of those people's story, but I know in my own life, in my own life, I came from a, a two-parent home. You know, my mother and father were in the home. We were a military family. Okay, I was raised in the church. Like some of those victims or people, uh, alleged victims, uh, I heard that, you know, they were involved in a church. So I'm going to read to you from my story, and, and I want you to see how, how normal our lives appeared and how, how normal my life was before this happened to me. My life as I knew it began December 1962. I was born at McClellan Air Force Base in Sacramento, California. I was the second child born to my parents. We led an interesting life compared to some people of our race. I say that because I am a black woman. I'm an African-American, as some people would, would prefer me to say. We traveled to different parts of the world. Of the few memories I do have of my childhood, I recall living in Germany. I'm not sure how old I was. I remember my brother and me playing in the snow. There was lots of snow. It was so high. We had to wear layers of clothing and to go outside and play. I remember several pair of socks, several pair of pants, gloves, beanies, caps for our heads, and a thick jacket. <laughs> then we were ready to go and play. We made snowmen, of course. We made angels in the snow. We had to first lie down face up in the snow. We then began to wave our arms up and down and open and shut our legs over and over until we left an imprint in the snow. We had to be careful how we got up so that we didn't ruin our images. When we got up, there they were, the prettiest angels you ever wanted to see. They were right in front of our very eyes. We even made forts out of snowballs. We had to roll a little ball of snow until it became a big ball of snow. We then lined them up side by side and stacked them on top of each other until they began to look like walls. We made three walls, one on each side and one in the back, connecting the two sides to each other. We then placed boards across the top of the walls and placed big, huge snowballs on the tops of the boards. Sometimes we created fronts to the forts. Other times we didn't. We left them open. When we did, we were able to go inside. I still remember being surprised and puzzled about the fact that the forts were not as cold inside, even though they were made from snow. That was the only pleasant memory I had of Germany. I do still remember a few words from the language. I learned how to count from one to ten. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, bund, fach, sieben, och, nein, zehn. <laughs> Mother was Mutter. Come here, please. Kommen Sie hier, bitte. 
goodbye or see you later was oft wiedersehen. I speak German, Ike sprechst du Deutsch. And what is the matter with you? Was ist los mit dir? I still laugh inside when I think about the time that the national anthem began to play loudly over the speakers. The speakers spread out all over the bass, and we knew that when that song began to play, we were supposed to be still. My brother and I were walking home from school when that song began to play. We stood still. It played for such a long time. At least it seemed long to us because we both needed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> we were young, very well-mannered, and certainly did not want to get in trouble. So we waited patiently for the song to end and traffic to resume. Needless to say, by the time we got home, our pants were wet. <laughs> I still laugh about that. I'm not saying it was pleasant, but I have to admit it was comical. I read that to you because I want to paint a picture to you of how life was and how life is for a lot of people before this kind of tragedy creeps in to their life and destroys everything. We were what I would have considered a normal family. Traveling, seeing different parts of the world. <sighs> Mom, dad, brothers, sisters. And, I, you know, I don't know why, why people have this misconceptions that oh, it only happens to bad girls or it only happens to bad boys or some people don't even realize that it even happens to boys. For a long time, I didn't even realize that it happens to boys. But now, of course, I, I know that. I knew that before the headlines. Um, and it's a devastating thing when something like this creeps into your home. One of the emails that I got last week, and hopefully I'll have time to read it before the break comes, but if not, I'll continue it. Um, this is one of, our, one of our listeners. She says, it's 7.25 p.m. here, and I just finished listening to the entire show. That was some pretty heavy stuff to put on the airwaves. I know it will help some, and I pray it won't cause you any grief from your extended family. We know that most black families often refuse to admit to any type of abuse or misconduct from parents, when in fact we have some of the most abusive parents in the U.S. because of drugs and this world of inequality we have lived in. I will be online for next Monday's show. Again, thank you for your prayers and love. We have parallel lives divided by a generation. So many things are the same. So many things I can relate to. Take care and stay strong. Love to you and Chris. I thought that that email would go good with me reading about my early years. Because we are a black family. I, came, I am a black woman and I came from a black family. And I thought it was interesting that this person's perspective said that because of drugs and this world of inequality we live in, 
black parents are some of the most abusive parents in the U.S. I found that to be to be interesting. Um, my father became an alcoholic, and as far as I'm concerned, alcohol is a drug. And for the life of me, I can't understand why. You know, well, I can't understand. I was going to say I can't understand why it's legal, but I do understand that <laughs> everyone in the world is not concerned about what is good, what is good for us, what is what is righteous, what is pure, what is holy. There are some people that have personal agendas, and um, whether it's money, whether it is to feel good, whether it is, um, you know, to to just enjoy being high or, you know, people have different agendas, obviously, but alcohol is a drug. And in my case, it played a, a, a huge role in the abuse that happened in our home. My father began to drink heavily, uh, started out being a weekend drinker, drinking on the weekends and after a while, it got to the point where he, he, he just drank and it ended up destroying not only his family, but his career and ultimately his life. So she says here, because of drugs and this world of inequality we have lived in, you know, my father used to talk about how he was in the military and how he felt mistreated and he felt like he was abused and he was somehow a second-class citizen because of how he was treated back in the 60s. Um, we all know that there was, you know, segregation and, and racial issues going on in this country um, in the 60s and even beyond, of course. And so, you know, these, these words that she spoke, they, they rang true um, concerning my situation. So, you know, if you're listening and you want to weigh in on that and you want to comment um, maybe on, on, on this email or if you have a story to tell or a comment to make, you know, our lines are open on Toginet. Um, I actually forgot to write down the number, <laughs> but if you are if you are listening live, then the number is on the screen. The number is eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine. Thank you so much, Carrie. Eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine. So you can call in if you have a story to tell. If you are someone perhaps who has been victimized by abuse and you want to tell us your story or just weigh in on those comments, we're here. We've got to go to another break. So at this time, I want to thank our sponsors, Liberty Christian Center. They are located in Box Elder, South Dakota. They are a non-denominational, Bible-based, Holy Spirit-led deliverance ministry. The pastors are a husband and wife team, Charles and Romika White. We thank them for their support. Look them up if you're in the area.
Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. If you are just coming in and joining us, we are talking about sexual abuse and we are talking about how to overcome sexual abuse. And I want to continue by saying, you know, that when a person has been victimized by another vile person and for someone to do this, they are vile. You know, they are unclean. Their spirits are unclean. So for someone to do this to another individual, that person who has done this thing, you have to realize that they are vile. Okay. I, like I said last week, I believe that demonic spirits are involved, that they are oppressing or influencing or possessing the individuals that do these things. So after being victimized by a vow person, one feels dirty, they feel shame and shameful, 
somehow they feel they are now less than or inferior in some way, they are altered forever. They are altered forever. They will never be the same again. Even, even though I say that I am free, I am free, but I, what was taken from me, what was stripped from me, that itself can never be replaced. That, that is gone, but God replaced and gave me back more. He gave me, he, he gave me back my essence and he gave me back my identity, but what I lost, I don't know if I'm explaining that well or not. I mean, that, that was stolen and it was lost, but God was able to restore. Okay. So I, I'm saying this because I want to emphasize how serious these offenses are. That person's life is altered forever. And if it's not for God and the grace of God, some people will never overcome. Some people will never overcome the effects of this abuse. And some of them don't even know that they are still walking in and carrying the weight and the shame. They blame themselves. They take on spirits of rejection. They begin to feel rejected. Somehow they begin to feel like they are less than that uh, when, when people hurt them, even on a, on a small scale, they take it as rejection. I took it as rejection. When I disappointed someone or when someone was disappointed in me, I saw it as rejection. Okay. They blame themselves. They take on spirits of rejection, fear, anger, lasciviousness. A lot of them become confused. They become, they become confused about their own identity because they're trying to figure out why. Why did this happen to me? What was it about me that caused this to happen to me? They internalize it, not realizing that they didn't have anything to do with it other than existing in a lot of cases. Now, later on, I'm going to actually quantify that. But for, for now, I'm going to say that most victims, especially children, children are innocent victims. Okay, there are some situations of rape where I, I do believe that uh, the victims may have played a part in it in some way, but we'll get to that later. So people, you know, they take on spirits of rejection. They take on spirits of fear, anger, lasciviousness, which is basically lust. People often become promiscuous. They become confused. They don't know who they are. They don't know why this happened to them. If it, if it was incest, like in my case, it is so confusing to try to figure out and understand why someone who you love 
and why someone who is supposed to love you would do something like this to you. So a lot of times you go around and around with, it must have been my fault or I must have done something. I can assure you that these are not simply emotions, but spirits that are transferred to the person who is on the receiving end of the assault from the perpetrator. The scriptures tell us we do not simply wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places, against principalities, against rulers of the darkness of this world and of this air. So that's why I say demonic spirits are involved. They are oppressing or influencing or possessing the person. And when they attack through sex, oftentimes those spirits are transferred to the soul and the spirit of the individual who has been attacked. I guarantee you the perpetrators of sexual abuse are plagued and possessed by the same types of spirits. They have fears. They are probably living with a spirit of rejection. They, I'm sure, have a lot of anger. And definitely, they have to have lasciviousness and lust, or else they wouldn't be committing an act that involves lust. It is not simply psychological. It is not, you know, I hear some people, you know, they're classified as maybe a psychopath, um, just lacking uh, psychological ability to reason and to separate right from wrong and to, um, well, obviously there's some of that going on, but it's not purely psychological. It is not just environmental. It is not just because it happened to them first. Okay, it happened to me, but thank God I never had the desire to repeat, repeat it. Okay, so if, if it's purely environmental, then you have to wonder why everyone who's abused doesn't go out and abuse someone else sexually. So it's not purely psychological. It's not just environmental. It is also spiritual because we are physical and spiritual beings. It is an invasion of demonic origin and it is a natural human act. I know that that is disturbing for some people to hear. I know that they probably won't even agree with me. This is not a natural human act. But I'm going to answer, I'm going to tell you why I say that. You might ask the question, natural act? What do you mean, natural act? Well, the Bible teaches us clearly that all mankind is born in sin. After the fall of mankind, after Adam and Eve sinned, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, please get you a Bible. Please get you a Bible. I recommend the King James Version. I do not, uh, I do not um, 
like the the new versions. I personally like the King James version. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, please get you a Bible and and begin to read from the book of Genesis. After the fall of mankind, sin came into the earth. So the Bible tells us that we're all born into sin. We're born with a sinful nature. So by nature, human beings will do vile things. By nature, human beings are capable of vile things. Okay. It also tells us that no good thing dwells in our flesh. Last week I said, the heart of man is desperately wicked and asked the question, who can know it? Um, that generated a response from one of my other listeners. And let's see if I have time to read this. Um, she says, it's 11 p.m. here Thursday. Just finished a radio program. You are dealing with some heavy material and doing a wonderful job. Keep up the great work. I'm sure you are helping all who listen with open heart and mind. Now I have a question. I did not go back to check, but did you say that the heart of man is evil? And she goes on to tell me that she disagreed with me initially. And it's lengthy, so I won't read the whole thing, but that reminds me of the need for me to clarify that uh, maybe for those who also had that question. I was referring to a scripture in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17, chapter 17, verse 9 and 10. And it says in that scripture that the heart of man is desperately wicked. It also says that um, it, the heart is deceitful and is desperately wicked. And it asks the question, who can know it? There is no one good save one, that is Jesus Christ, okay? Now, the reason that I believe the scripture says that, and there's more than what I'm going to say, uh, but it's time for us to go to a break. <laughs> so you have to wait till I come back from break. And what I would like to do is I would also like to thank another sponsor before we go to break, and that is Miss Annette Brown. She is a dear friend and a loved one, and she is an evangelist and a psalmist, and she has a personal CD. It's called All Because of Love. Hopefully we'll be able to offer it soon, or at least let you know how to get it. Okay? Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. 
From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Togenet.com. Come be a part of Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio. Her goal is to inspire you to be creative every day. Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio, Monday afternoons at 4, 3 central on Togenet.com. Pat lives and breathes being creative through her quilt design business, but her creativity and interests have no bounds. On her show, she'll be introducing us to guests through interviews and talks that have a creative life. We'll learn more about what goes on in the world of quilting. And since Pat, like many of us, is creative in many ways, she'll also introduce us to creative people in other crafts like knitting, crochet, paper arts, and lots more. Pat is also an author, a lecturer, designer, and cheerleader of many. She's tried her hand at making almost everything you can think of and does many crafts to keep her inspired to create. Check out her website, patsloan.com. What makes Pat most happy is to inspire others to be creative every day. So join us for Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio, Monday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Yes, we are talking about why why sexual abuse is, why I'm saying sexual abuse is a natural human act. And I am saying that that is because of the sinful nature of mankind. It is a part of human nature. All mankind was born in sin. And because of that, the works of the flesh, the things that we do in our flesh will be sinful. Without a regenerate heart, without being born again, our nature is sinful. Okay? That's why the Bible tells us that no good thing dwells in our flesh, in our carnal mind, in our secular mind, in our worldly mind. There is no good, not according to God's standard. Okay? So because of that, our heart will deceive us. You know, if we trust our heart, if we trust our emotions, that's not always a good thing. Outside of Christ, our heart can lead us wrong. I did things in my life that I never thought that I would do. I found myself in situations that I never thought I would find myself in. In spite of my upbringing, in spite of growing up in the church, there were things that I trusted. I trusted my own uh, intuition about things and found them to be, wow, 
poor choices. <laughs> so that's why our heart can deceive us. And the heart is wicked. The Bible says, now the works of the flesh are manifested, which means are revealed. The works of the flesh are revealed. What are the works of the flesh? Things like adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, lustfulness. Like we were talking last week, um, we talked about rape. We talked about molestation. We talk, those are all acts of fornication, and they are works of the flesh. What other works of the flesh are revealed in Scripture? Idolatry, idol worship, worshiping any other God but God the Father, Jehovah God, I am God. Worshiping any other God besides him is idolatry. Having things and people before putting those things and people and situations before him is also idolatry. Witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, causing separation and confusion and seditions and, and cliques and, um, wow, you know, he say, she say, and gossiping and hearsay and lying, envying, murderers, those that are drunken, drunkenness, things like that. Those are all works of the flesh. Rape, incest, pedophilia, as the world calls it. The Bible calls it perversion. Homosexuality, lesbianism, the Bible calls it perversion. The Bible says it's confusion. The Bible calls it unnatural. Those are all works of the flesh. That is why I say that it is a natural act not going to go away as long as there's sin in the earth. But there is a day coming and there is hope because we don't have to live in sin. We don't have to be a slave to the flesh. We don't have to be ruled by our fleshly nature. Thank God, because we are spirit, soul, and body, we can, through Christ, we can be renewed in our spirit. And that fleshly nature, that old nature, can begin to die. And I don't mean physically die. I mean just become subdued. It can, it can begin to... Uh, how do I say it can, it can just begin to uh, give way to the spirit of God in our lives. Because once you've accepted Christ as your savior and acknowledge that you were born in sin, acknowledge that, you know, it's hard for me to control my nature. Lord. <laughs> it's hard for me not to covet 
It's hard for me not to be jealous. It's hard for me not to be envious. It's hard for me not to lust. It's hard for me not to, to want everything that I see and what everybody else has. Once we acknowledge those things and that we were born with that nature and we go to God and we say, hey, I can't make it. I can't make it in this life without you. I see. I see my shortcomings. I see my need for you. Then you know what? He says, that's what I came for. <laughs> he says, that's what I came into the world for. He says, I didn't come to the world to condemn you. I didn't come into this earth to condemn you. He says, because the world was already condemned before I even was born into the earth. The world was already condemned. We were already condemned because we were born in sin. So he says, I didn't come to condemn you, but you know what? I am so glad that you realize and you recognize your need for me. That's what I came for. I came to give you a way of escape. I came to give you power to overcome the works of the flesh in your life. Whether you were the perpetrator, whether you have been one to victimize others, whether you have been one to sexually abuse others. And when I say sexually abuse, I'm not only talking about rape. I'm not only talking about, you know, um, incest or pedophile. I'm also talking about those that casually have sex with people that they're not married to, because that is abuse. That is also abuse of your body, of that person's body, of that person's spirit, soul, of that person's emotions. You are abusing yourself and you are abusing the person involved. You may think that there's no lasting consequences, but as we said, Sexual sin is the only sin that is a violation externally as well as internally. It's, it is the only sin that is against your own body. Externally and internally. You violate your body and you violate your spirit. And you strip you strip that individual of something every time you join yourself with another person and every time they join themselves with you. So when I'm talking about sexual abuse, I'm not simply and only speaking of the violent things that we know, the, the things that society has come, come to accept, like casual sex, you know, like living together. Those things are sexual abuse. It is abuse of what God created your body for, what he created you for. Wow, I got, I got fired up there. <laughs> I got fired up. I have to calm down because I promised that this was not going to be a show where I was going to be preaching and in your face. And if I'm coming across that way, that is not my intention. 
I just really and truly, uh, you know, I'm passionate about this, this subject because I, I see the devastation. I see what happens in people's lives when they abuse each other, when they abuse themselves. I see the ramifications and I see how it's passed on from one generation to the other. And I want to inform the public about the origin of incest. I want to inform the public about the origin of rape, of homosexuality, of pedophilia. Um, I want to inform the public that these things are a work of the flesh. It is fornication. It is uncleanness. It is lasciviousness, lustfulness. It is also witchcraft. What do I mean by that? Control, rebellion, manipulation, advanced by hatred and wrath. That is what sexual abuse is. That is the origin of sexual abuse. If you are just tuning into our show, I know we're talking about some heavy things, but as I said before, this is reality. We're seeing it all over the news. It's my reality. If you're interested, you can get a copy of my story, my personal story, The Story of Me by Diane Jones. You can order it through authorhouse.com. You can also get it through Amazon.com, BarnesandNobles.com. Uh, it's available through Google, Yahoo. I just want to thank you for listening tonight. And I hope and I pray that something that I said was encouraging, thought-provoking, and we'll hold you till next week.